All right, welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined in the podcast studio. We're in Akron, Ohio. Yep. We're here with Rob Cochran. Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited about what we're going to be able to share because one, um, I'm inspired by you and your story, but then I'm also inspired by the content you're going to be able to share with uh, people that are tuning in. I think they're going to be able to be, they're going to be able to grow and be benefited by the principles that you've learned along the way and that you're going to pass on to them. Great. Sounds awesome. So for people that don't know you, I want to make sure we go through your profile. Okay. And then if I have any of this off, you, you just jump in and correct me. It's going to be right. completely fine. So uh, you, you, um, you start as a baseball player at, at high school. You, you made the All-State team. Right. As an out- outfielder, you, you have the highest batting average record in your high school. That's right. Which has stood for 20 years and going. Yep. All right. Yep. And you also have the most stolen bases in your high school's history. That's right. All right. And then now, now you went from high school to Norfolk State University on a Division One scholarship. Is That's that right. accurate? Yep. And then you were doing, you were an outfielder and you were a catcher. Yes. A little bit complicated. The, the catcher wasn't my plan, but yes. That's okay. what I ended up, ended up playing in college. And we're going to have to dig into that and figure okay. out a little bit about what sure. happened there. Then you went from Norfolk State University to Old Dominion University, where you double majored in philosophy and psychology. Right. And then uh, you've had leadership positions in Virginia, Texas, and Maryland. Um, you've been on mission teams um, in your church. Um, at, at least now you're on the mission team, rather in, in Akron, Ohio, uh, in Akron, Ohio, Akron, Canton, and you also um, helped the organization to get to self-supporting within the first three years. Right, that's right. And uh, another thing we have here is uh, what you were able to do in Maryland in the in the campus ministry. You're able to help a region to develop it, uh, the, the campus ministry rather to develop into a region in College Park. And um, and at the University of Maryland. Yep, that's right. And uh, something that's really impressive that we that I've seen on social media. My, my wife actually, yeah, I don't do a lot of reading on social media, so anything that I learned about somebody else, it's my wife like has to hand me her, her right. phone and see it on her screen. But you were able to raise ten thousand dollars in a single day for a nonprofit organization. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Doing so, a lift and, lift all right. So we want we want, want to put, put it out there so people tuning in, they hear that little intro. We want to bring them back into the conversation. So we're going to circle back on a few areas of your profile so people understand what took place. Okay. So I know you're influential in the power lifting community as well, which we'll also circle back to. So let's why don't we start off going back to how you transition as an outfielder you were all state in high school, right? To then you had a catching role. You were as a catcher in college. What happened there? What took place? Sure, sure. Well, it's it's a very different skill set. I, I gotta say that wasn't that wasn't my my choice or mm-hmm. you know by design per se. So uh, I got recruited as an outfielder to be the leadoff hitter and center fielder for Norfolk State University. Mm-hmm. Um, in preparation for starting my freshman year, I worked out really hard, gained mm-hmm. some weight. All right. Uh, that, that's Good what weight. happens when you mm-hmm. when you work out hard. Mm-hmm. So simultaneously, unbeknownst to me, all of our catchers became academically ineligible. Oh, now, this man. stuff happens in any right, college. Right, right. It does happen behind the so scenes. So one of my coaches comes to me. I'm getting ready for practice. And all of a sudden, I get dubbed to start catching bullpen for the pitchers. Uh-oh. And I said, I, I honestly, I, I haven't caught in, I haven't caught 
since little league so mm-hmm. I, I didn't even own a cup at the time we had to, we, had to, <laughs> we had to go back and up yeah, the yeah. equipment needed to do mm-hmm. the whole thing so mm-hmm. quite a learning experience i gotta say so did you ever go hey why me like i mean all the people on the team you're you're a freshman at the time right but did you ever ask why was i selected for this um yeah, they told me. They said because I'm the lowest guy on the totem pole. Again, this, you know, <laughs> collegiate sports. This is this is how it happens, and uh-huh. I didn't take any offense to it. I said I'll do my best. Mm. Just point me in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, it was a painful, painful process uh, mm. to learn how to catch at that level with right. guys throwing in their mid 90s and all kinds of off speed pitches in the dirt. Mm. So absolutely, it was quite a learning experience. And, and then. For, as far as the the age or the class that your pitcher was in, uh, where was he? Right. Oh, I mean, he was he was a senior. Our the starting senior. our starting pitcher. He actually got drafted. So this guy's throwing ninety eight oh, miles an hour goodness. consistently. Yes. Had command of three or four different pitches. So he would have bad days and tell me as I saw him on campus, "Hey, I'm going to beat you up today Ooh, in the bullpen. I'm going to take it out on you." So <laughs> we we had to work on our relationship. It is one of those things that I've wondered, um, what's the relationship like? What if he's having a bad day, as you mentioned? What if he's having a good day? What is the communication like in that relationship? But even I'm wondering how he viewed you as a freshman. He's a senior. And then if he was drafting, he wasn't just an average senior. This is he's a he's a he was a stud. Right. Absolutely. So um, how did you go about that relationship, whether it was um, whether you when you were playing or even when you weren't playing? Right. Oh, I think in general, as a freshman on campus, especially when you're all of a sudden grouped with a community of upperclassmen, you pretty mm-hmm. much get treated like garbage and you just get used to it. Yeah. Right, so, right, right. you know, we'd see each other on campus. You get used to being hazed. You get used to, you know, being put in humbling circumstances. But it comes with the territory. You know, right. one day that's not going to be you. And you'll be able to do it um, to somebody else. So you just have to have a good, <laughs> yeah, you have to have a good sense of humor, mm-hmm. be flexible. Um, but absolutely, I think right away, just taking a lot of uh, pitches uh, in the dirt, man, in the in the wrists, in the fingers, just on your shins, uh-huh. um, under the mask. These are we worked on our relationship a lot. I oh, found yeah. myself constantly trying to figure out how can I make this guy's day better, yeah, so that smart. the whole experience is, is, is better <laughs> for for me, the team, for him. Mm. So absolutely, we we learned a lot really quick. How did you maybe even stay grounded? Because sometimes, I mean, if you said if he's having a bad day, he gets to take it out on you. Absolutely. If you're having a bad day, it's not like you take it out on him. Right. So how did you stay grounded in that experience? So this is what sort of led into uh, me wanting to get into just powerlifting. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, I, I didn't like the whole process. I'm going to take this out on somebody else. Right. right. So what I do is I take all that, all that frustration, negativity, and bring it to the weight room mm-hmm. and then I would just leave it there feeling neutralized feeling great okay so, so. then your, your outlet wasn't so much hey let me take revenge on him right but let me go harder in the, in the when it came to training lifting weights right. uh, getting myself to that next level absolutely and putting it back into the game leaving it on the field mm-hmm. absolutely and I then, just found myself lucky as a freshman <laughs> being able to play with these guys yeah big time big time stepping into those shoes and then um and I know something like whenever I'm watching baseball, which isn't a whole lot, but whenever right. I do, I kind of see the, the the signs that the catcher is trying to give to the pitcher. And sure. then um, so what is that process like? What what's what happened behind the scenes? 
oh, there's a lot of three-way communication. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it depends on the coaches, how they – the kind of liberty that they give to the pitchers to mm-hmm. decide mm-hmm. or call the game, or sometimes the catchers call the game. But there's three-way communication. I'm looking over to the third baseline to get the sign from the mm-hmm. coach. What does he want? Looking at – give the sign to the pitcher. He shakes it off or says yes. Mm-hmm. He shakes it off. I look over, see what the coach wants to do, communicate it again. Yeah. Uh, so – there's there's a lot of three-way communication at mm. the end of the day mm. it, it really is going to come down to what the coaching pit uh the pitching coach wants to do right so then uh what um i mean is there a time frame like i mean you, you have like a 30 second window to like hey here's what it is get the sign shakes it off back to the i mean you would you hope can't so. go all day or w- you, you would hope so but this is one of those things that really makes a baseball game drag you know, as far as from a spectator's point of view. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, 30 seconds. Uh, there's a lot of communication that can happen in 30 seconds mm-hmm. to a minute. But it really all depends. Uh, every pitcher has their own routine when they're on the mound. They may take uh, yeah. another minute just to get set sure. for the pitch anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of freedom and liberty there. But we try to keep the game moving for everybody's sake. Now, did you have times where the pitcher, where you didn't know what the pitcher was going to do because he shook off everything you offered? And Absolutely. Then, and then you just have to respond to whatever's thrown. Absolutely. You know, the one sign I would always give if they kept shaking everything off was, you know, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just like, the okay, finger, just, right, just right. go, just throw it. Okay. Um, and for those listening who are not seeing the video, that's an index finger that he was uh, right, between bringing. <laughs> well, good. Um, so then you had um, that experience as a catcher and outfielder in the college arena. Right. And then even what you've gotten to now is you're into powerlifting. What what got you into powerlifting um, and how is it helping you? Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I've always loved lifting, man. It, it definitely helped with sports. For me, it was one of those um, things I got into because it was, like I said, an, an outlet for me to be able to process. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's no classes in high school, middle school. Hey, how do you process negativity in life? Uh, what do you do that makes you feel good? So I, I, I've, I I use powerlifting as it's my medicine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me. That's therapy, right? You know, this is, this is the place where I can go. I can, uh, process how I'm feeling about things. And if it's negative, I I leave it all there. Mm -hmm. I end up feeling great and, uh, centered, focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I leave there, ready to be productive. Right. So for me, I, I don't really have a goal, um, a weight mm-hmm, loss, mm-hmm. weight gaining goal. I don't have an image that I'm trying to right. um, obtain in okay. my mind. I, I use it because for me, it's medicine and mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. It makes me feel good. I'm so. hearing that you enjoy the process. So love it, the it, process. It, it, it's the process. That's what you're, you're in it for. Right. It's the process. And people think that's odd. They say, what do you do for fun? I say, I, I, I power lift. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, what do you do for fun? Uh, yeah, actually go work out for fun. For me, that's fun. And, mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. it. And so I know that's odd for people, but I, but mm-hmm. I love how it makes me feel. I love to see progress. Sure. And in, in your profession, um, you know, in leading a church, right. I imagine there is, there are endless responsibilities that you can get tied up in. Absolutely. I mean, I mean you and I have talked about this idea. I mean, you, you wear so many different hats, especially as a small, uh, as a smaller church leader, you know, um, but you could be caught up in, in, in learning website, you know, right. development. You could right. be, you know, audio, video. It could be, um, I mean, lesson preparation. And there's Absolutely. countless needs in the community of sure. people that need your encouragement, your right. support, um, your counseling or your coaching. Sure. Um, um, I think it's a it's a powerful thing, and no, no pun intended, just to be able to have an 
a healthy outlet to go to as um, there are so many needs that are always around you as right. a church leader. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's interesting, even when people find out what I do that aren't a part of the church, mm-hmm. it's sort of a natural it's a natural thing for someone to then want to open up and share how they're doing. And so mm-hmm. it's a people profession. People like to share how they're doing with me and they mm-hmm. look to me to uh, take that on and process that and give them, point them in the right direction, mm-hmm. give them some hope and some encouragement. Yes. So I've got to always be ready uh, to be able to be giving to other people and take on whatever mm-hmm. it is that's on their mind and they're going through. Uh, for me, having a great prayer life and, yes. and, and and staying in the gym helps me be in that place. Mm-hmm. And even as I, I talk to other leaders or um, leading different organizations, and it's like, it really is almost any leadership position has the potential to have endless responsibilities that are never going away. Absolutely. Um, but the principle of being able to have a place to help you out mentally, emotionally. And, but the, 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 the powerful thing is in our faith, one goal we have as far as being influential in our communities is um, how can I create common experiences? You know, how could I, cre- I can stay on common ground? But Absolutely. being in the gym seems to be a great way to build common ground with other guys that are working out. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. The, the gym is, is one of the most open places for men, safe places for mm-hmm. men that you could ever go to. Mm-hmm. From my experiences, um, it's probably for men that are non-Christians outside of maybe a bar, mm-hmm. people will subconsciously just open up. Sure. You see the same people, uh, same times and, and days of the week. Uh, all of a sudden, you start building a relationship. Mm-hmm. When they see that you're a person that's committed to coming at same time, same place, similar goals, people just naturally want to open up to wow. you. So it, the environment itself, uh, you become part of this community mm-hmm. and, you know, whether people want to accept the responsibility or not, you can influence that community for in a positive way or a negative way, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I go into these, uh, communities, the, the, the gym, and mm-hmm. I want to have a positive yes. impact. I want to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want people to do well around me. I mm-hmm. want to help other people become Christians. Yes. I want to share mm-hmm. the things God's done in my life. And so I do set out to, to yes. achieve that as well. And it seems to be one of those areas where it helps. I mean, you're thinking socially, emotionally, mentally, I mean, it helps you to unwind from the stress that you have in, in your professional life and to be to being able to be more available for your family. So it's one of those right. things where it's it's counterintuitive in a right. lot of ways. Right. Um, even what you mentioned, I think the other counterintuitive concept that you mentioned was um, it's one of the more open places, right. right? Outside looking in, you go, sure, it's it's a workout gym, meathead, you know, like, right. hey, these guys aren't open, they not talking. They have their um their headphones on the whole time. Surely right. it's just music right. and lifting and no um intimate connection. Oh yeah. But you're telling me you've seen the opposite. It is the opposite. There's mm-hmm. a lot of camaraderie. I mean, mm-hmm. when you start seeing people dedicate themselves to making themselves better, uh, they 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 everybody wants encouragement. And mm-hmm. so we cheer yes. each other on. There's also then a, a layer of accountability of pushing each other. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help you? Do you need a spot? Right. Um, and we help each other uh, share how your form is and all this. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody doesn't show up for a couple of weeks. Hey, we haven't seen you. What's going on? Right. 
And so it creates this That's natural. Love. It is. Uh-huh. And it creates a natural openness mm-hmm. where we start to care about each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we want the best for everybody. I love that. Yeah. Hey, so if you're, if you're leading the church out there, you're tuning in. Uh, power lifter, you may want to get into it. That's right. And uh, tap that community. Yep. Um, so as a church leader, um, right. how have you gone about using powerlifting to be influential? Oh, that's a great question. Um, because it's a community and powerlifting is one of those sort of outlier, taboo, fascinating sports for people. Mm -hmm. I think people love, they love to watch Mm -hmm. other people do crazy things Mm -hmm. and lift heavy amounts and the heavier, the better, the crazier, the better. Mm -hmm. Right. And so one of the things our first year being here on a mission team is I, I wanted to do a fundraiser. Sure. Which you alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. uh, called a liftathon, mm-hmm. and so I, I asked our the the gym owner, "Hey, can I can I run this event mm-hmm. out of your gym and you know rep the gym's name and location, right. put it out mm-hmm. there for this fundraiser?" And here's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do: it's crazy. No one does this stuff, mm-hmm. but I wanted to deadlift. Of the first year, I did 315 pounds. A hundred times. A hundred. No one does this. Times. times. So so that first year, uh, it got so much buzz and support online that we we were, man, by the grace of God, able to raise ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars on one day. Right. And it was one set. No, not one set. Ten sets. Ten sets. Ten Ten sets. Still. Still. I mean, and I mean, what, what? How much? What was the time frame that that took? And you did it all. It was on Facebook Live? All live on Facebook. Okay. So right. it wasn't like, hey, I did it, by the way, guys. Right. Just so y'all know, give you know. Yep. But it was, if you want to watch this happen, right. here's the date that it's happening. Right. You can tune in to watch the watch the grind. Sure. Yeah. I made it a, 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 an interactive event mm-hmm. um, on Facebook Live. And it took just under an hour to do the whole just thing. Just under an hour. Yep. Which is crazy. To raise 10000 dollars right in an hour right people would love to make you know to raise that you know in six months sure. or a year hey i found a way to raise ten thousand dollars this year right you were able to do that in one hour what what roadblocks did you have to overcome oh so this is sort of uh if i could backtrack a little bit so sure. this is so anybody tuning in to look at it it looks like it's just an hour you know, equated to $10,000, right? Sure, but sure. In reality, and this is where the community comes into mm-hmm. play because the community got to know me. They got to see me for months mm-hmm. practice and do lots of sets mm-hmm. of this weight yeah. repeatedly. And so it, it started to ask, people ask a lot of questions. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Why would you do this? Right. Why would you risk your health and injury to do this? Mm-hmm. So, and I, it is a perfect segue for me to say, I'm willing to do this when no one else is because of the cause. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to raise money to, at that year was to hire a campus minister mm-hmm. to be a positive influence and spread the gospel wow. message on our local campuses. Yes. And so people really wanted that. And so mm-hmm. while they may not be willing to join me in, in training that way, because it is definitely a grind, mm-hmm. they supported the fact that it was hard, it's challenging. And we did get a lot of people tune in to see, mm-hmm. it, it, can this guy even do this? Is right. it possible? Right, right. And I'd ask myself the same thing, but mm-hmm. I got a chance to meet a lot of different people and influence a lot of people mm-hmm. in, in that gym community doing something like that. Mm-hmm. So now. 
they supported you verbally or verbally and financially some financially. Of these people contributed as well so people not only were like hey bro you got this you know but right. also you got this and i'm not part of your church but I would love to be able to contribute to your mission and your right. cause. Absolutely. I think when people know how hard that is mm -hmm. and they, they know how hard it, you're willing to work to achieve a goal, a lot of people will respect just the, even the process. Mm -hmm. It's not like I was standing out asking for money on the corner and I'm willing to do nothing. Mm -hmm. That was I was trying to do something total the, the total opposite. Mm -hmm. while, while people may not believe in the cause, hey, I'm doing this in our community for our community and I'm doing it in a, in a crazy way. Mm -hmm. And so I think people in general are, if nothing else, entertained by it. Yes. You know? Wow. Um, so. it's, it, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And you didn't just hit 100. Right. Uh, what, what, how many how many reps did you I end up doing? I think that first year it was 118. So w w tell me what was going through your mind. I, I, at 100, why even go, what was with the, the, the additional 18? What was that? I think it was just extra measure. You know, okay. like I was just trying, if people were tuning in, uh, wanting to see if I could do it, you know, wanting, not sure if they were going to support. I was like, hey, I'll go the extra mile. If you go the extra mile, mm -hmm. I'll go till I don't have anything left to give. Yeah. Let's, let's try. Okay. So, hey, $10,000, I'd say it was worth Come it. Come on, I'd that's right. I mean, you're it. still walking around, that's right. you're still lifting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so the, the, the body's doing okay. Sure, sure. Okay, awesome. That's right. So $10,000 is a big deal. Now, you've also done your part to see change in the powerlifting community since you've been involved here in Akron. Uh, um, in, in what ways have you seen change? Absolutely. Uh, so the first gym I joined uh, when I when we moved here to, to start the church was was in Akron. And I didn't even have a workout partner or any, anything like that. My first week at the gym, mm -hmm. you know, I meet this guy. Funny enough, his name is Rob, too. So okay. I meet this guy. We we hit it off. His his strengths are my weak points, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So we said, "Hey, why don't we work out together?" We we synced up our our schedules and our our workout time. We started working out together, and so one of my greatest joys, in fact, uh, since being here, mm -hmm. being part of the church, is over the course of that year working out with my my friend Rob. I got a chance to see him become. A Christian, mm -hmm. and yes. so that was a big deal. You know, um, he's in his uh, mid forties recently. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, ended a relationship, and so you know, when you're later on in life, you have more stuff to work through. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I got to see him change his whole life around, mm -hmm. see him come to faith, nice. and be willing to put Christ first in his life. And it's just one of the biggest joys that I, mm -hmm. I've, I've experienced since yes. I've been here, even now to see him continue to grow and mm -hmm. be not only a friend, but a, a confidant, somebody yes. I can trust and rely in and to see him sharing his faith mm -hmm. and trying to impact people in the community mm -hmm. as well. It just, you know, you see it taking root and, yes. and making an impact. So that's amazing. And to think, the workout partner. I mean, it could have been anybody. Could have been anybody. And to see that what was happening was somebody was placed in your life and, and you're pursuing a complete non-faith activity, sure. right? It's just, hey, right. well, let's just work out together. Right. And then letting, I, I mean, you can't really, what I always think about people who are full of faith and who are walking um, in, in that path, you can't be around them very long without hearing about it. Absolutely. You know, hearing 
you know, whether they're what they're learning or because as, as a church leader, you speak about it often. So you're going over content for that what you're, you're going to be covering. I mean, you can't right. be around you very long without hearing what you're passionate about, which is not just working out, but also your faith. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because of my role as well, a lot of times people will come ready with their own questions because they have access to now a minister in their mm -hmm. free time. And so mm -hmm. it's funny how that works. People, I think, again, subconsciously just open up. Right. And so we're talking about life. We're talking about real things. Mm -hmm. They ask me, have I ever been in those situations? What would I do? Yes. And every time I get asked those questions is an opportunity to influence somebody mm -hmm. uh, with the scriptures. And, mm -hmm. and I get this chance to share personally mm -hmm. how doing it, doing it his way has has changed my life for the better. Right. So absolutely. Um, and it's, it's probably one of my favorite ways to just influence people is this um, focus on common ground. Right. Like, what do we have in common? How are we the same? and focus my attention there. Right. And I've seen so many opportunities to be able to help people, elevate right. them, um, give them a um, a divine principle from his word. That's right. I'm um, just focusing on what, what we have in common. We have and, so much more in common. Right. You know, with, 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 uh, with, uh, with people, I mean, mm -hmm. than we think about, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's not the only thing that makes us different and the outcome of our lives different is that we, we actually have this faith and we abide in the faith. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, everything else we we should be able to relate to people that's on, right. you know hardships loss mm -hmm. joy challenges mm -hmm. obstacles we have so much in common with everybody and i just think that's where faith and hope comes into play yes so. and it's it's so easy not to do that though right and to focus on how we're different you know right. hey i go to church you right. don't sure. and i'm Instead of talking to you about what we have in common, I could talk to you about how different we are. Right. And I'll talk to you about my church and my church, which again, there's nothing wrong with talking about church. Right. But at some point in the relationship, it's completely, it's a difference. Right. And what, what people can feel that are not like churchgoers, they could be like, okay, well, I go to church, you don't. Right. So they're feeling like, hey, I'm saying I'm up here and you're down here. Sure. So not only are we different, but my difference is better than yours. Right. And, um, but as opposed to, again, focus on what we have in common and then allowing those opportunities to be able to connect sure. to really take place. Yep, absolutely. Um, so great, uh, great conversation. I'm, I'm excited to, um, to meet Rob and, uh, and yep. to uh, hear from him. Um, let's segue to talk about um, your role as a church leader. Um, one of the things that you do, and even, even this weekend, um, you, and you had me in, I did a workshop for the, for the church on, uh, on yesterday. It was a two-hour workshop. Absolutely. And then Fantastic I, job. Thank you. And, uh, and I'll be speaking again tonight. And, and I know I, I've thanked you because objectively, I understand there's risk involved. Right. Like um, you can't ask anybody to do it but um what goes in to your decision to have somebody in uh, to have somebody to come to your church and to influence them to speak to them and it's not something that's just flippant right? right it's not oh it's not just anybody right. um but what goes into your process into um allowing somebody to come in and and speak to your group absolutely that's a great question um uh, first of all you did a fantastic job oh thank you workshop. i mean Anytime somebody wants to come in and address the church, I, I get these requests from time to time. Mm -hmm. I always have to ask myself, well, what is their intent? Mm -hmm. yes. And I look at, I, I try to ask questions about 
their lives? Who's following? What responsibilities Mm -hmm. does this person have? Are they capable Mm -hmm. and in the right shape to be able to address a group of people Mm -hmm. that, you know, I have in my care and that I want to continue to have their faith uh, challenged and matured and encouraged every week. So Mm -hmm. for me, you know, for you, for example, I, here's what I know about you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've never done a prayer workshop before. Never. Never. Right. Or mm-hmm. a workshop with, mm-hmm. with a church. But here's right. what I do know. I know that uh, you have a lot of humility. Mm-hmm. I know that you get a lot of input mm-hmm. from other people and you put it into practice. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're a great learner. You're a great mm-hmm. listener. I also know that you have a personal ministry back home in San Antonio Mm -hmm. that you and your wife had in your care Mm -hmm. for many years. It was growing. Mm -hmm. It's a very large, the group is larger than our whole church. Mm -hmm. And so I know that people aren't going to give that responsibility and those roles out for nothing. Mm -hmm. And so if all these things are entrusted in you and you're entrusted to you, you do a good job with it and it's bearing fruit, you're having a positive impact. In addition mm-hmm. to the fact that in the corporate world, uh, mm-hmm. a big the big company that you worked for paid you a salary. You made a living communicating mm-hmm, right. to other businesses. They entrusted their business to you. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that I can look at. It doesn't take me a lot of faith mm-hmm. to say, hey, I, I can entrust this guy to come in and speak to my church for a couple hours on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and he's going to do a good job because that's mm-hmm. your skill. You're mm-hmm. talented at that. Yes. Um I think you hit a lot of fantastic points. Uh, one, um, you captured this idea of what's trusted to them right now, right. which when I think about that, and if, even for people, and if people ask me because as a speaker for a living, they're like, well, how do you do it? You know, right. how do you even get opportunities? Like, right. how, how do those things come to you? Well, part of it is what's in your life. Like, how are you being responsible, right. reliable with what's in your life right. right now? Exactly. And if you can be responsible for what's in your life right now, then people gain the confidence to put their trust in you. Sure. And even like, as you said, um, when you see somebody else trusting me, then you go, okay, well, maybe I, I can trust him too. Right. And even as you know, business building is motivational speaking business. Right. And, and this is a great opportunity. And, and again, I know I said thank you before, but thank you for taking the risk on me. And um, Absolutely. because it was worth as, it. as I come here to Ohio, I've never been to Ohio before. Right. My speaking portfolio right now consists of, you know, around the state of Texas, Oklahoma, and now Ohio. Right. And um, without somebody like you who saw something in me and then um, taking the the risk in is in, in believing in, right. in me um um i'm excited to see what other doors and opportunities come right. from this um but I, again i think it helps people to think about that um and sometimes you take on responsibility you don't know what's, what's gonna you, right. you, like for people listening in there's responsibilities that are in their grasp right now right and you don't you may not know for, for me four or five years whenever it was um when we said into. we said hey my wife and I, we were asked to lead a single professionals group in our church. We're working full time. Do we want to do this? Let's pray on it. Right. Okay, let's do it. Right. But I couldn't have predicted then that saying yes to that opportunity just to serve, help, lead, um, would five years from now. You'd be here now. This is going to give me the opportunity right. to be in Ohio to do something I've never done before, right. which is a workshop. Um, right. 
but and, it's, and, and, and you'll look back on this time now and having done such a great job with this and mm-hmm. it'll be a starting point you know this is a launching point right because more opportunities will come your way when you continue to do a good job with what's being asked of you mm-hmm. what's what's being given to you and mm-hmm. so you know I, i'm actually you know another aspect to that is that because you're not in high demand at the moment right, right. i know i can ask this of you and you're going to do a great job with mm-hmm. it because you're hungry right no and for real you're hungry and you're talented mm-hmm. and so for me those are that's like the that's the perfect combination for small businesses mm-hmm. for small churches because mm-hmm. we know you're going to do a great job you're not mm-hmm. so booked you're not going to you know give all the fine details and extra effort uh, that you can give, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not leaving here or going to the next gig. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's awesome. But one day you are going to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's yes. the sort of the irony of it. But, mm-hmm. but you, did, you did a great job. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's kind of what I look for. Who's following you? What kind of influence do you have right. currently? Are you doing a good job with that influence? Mm-hmm. Does the church recognize that? The world recognizes mm-hmm. it? And I, and I look at someone like yourself and say, well, I can recognize that and mm-hmm. I have no problem giving you an opportunity. Appreciate that. Yeah. No, I appreciate that big time. I think uh, you hit this idea of because when people think about the responsibilities before them, um, one thing I've seen, you've probably seen this as well, where fear stops them. Totally. And we, we were asked about leading the singles ministry, like qu- um, questions we had, fears we had were, could we do a great job? Right. With our 40 or 45, 50 hour a week job, right. could we do this justice? Can we help and contribute in a way that's meaningful, that's, that um, is building people up? And if we believe that we could, right. um, or maybe, I, don't, I don't know if we got to a point where we believe that we could or not, but let's just, hey, let's, get, let's do it afraid. Right. Or the, the other quote I heard is like, to build your wings on the way down. Absolutely. To leap and start building. Right. And if this goes great, great. If right. it doesn't, at the very least, we'll have these these shortcomings to learn from and right. go, I know it doesn't work. It's all positive experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, failure is a positive mm-hmm. experience. If you're in it to grow mm-hmm. and you're going to try to get better, you have to put yourself out there. And you, you've got to put your talents to the test to continue to get mm-hmm. better. And so... And it, it all is going to start with that first opportunity. Yes. You just got to put yourself in a position to say yes. Uh-huh. And I've seen how sometimes the entire um, vision isn't laid out for you. Right. It's just the next two steps are. Right. I, I can see what step one and step two is. Again, for people listening, um, you may not know the next 20 steps outlined. If I do this, if I you know, lead this group. Then I'm going to be able to speak whatever right. a thousand miles away to whatever the distance is right. from here to San Antonio. Um, but the big thing is to take that first step. Do it afraid. Right. Do something risk now um, because you don't know what's going to give you what's going to open up doors for you right. just by taking responsibility for what's around, around me right, right. now. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing I, I think that came to me was um, how people brand themselves on social media now. Right. And it's true. And uh, so I try to be strategic, whether, you know, I'm effective at it or not, you know, yeah. you know, people tuning in can let me know. But if I'm given responsibilities, I don't want to be the guy who's like bragging and boasting. Oh, look at right. how great I am. And sure. everybody trusts me. But I do want people to know, um, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, they asked me to do a panelist in front of four or five hundred people right. you know, in, in, in a local church in San Antonio. So right. I was like, OK, this is kind of, this is kind of, yeah. this is kind of cool. Right. 
let me just be thankful, gracious that they gave the opportunity. Right. But now anybody who tunes in or who's keeping up with what I'm doing, right. they go, oh, well, somebody trusts them out there. But it speaks to um, branding, you know, in the corporate, we talk about your your corporate brand or your your brand in, as a business. Right. You know, we talk about it as personally, just your reputation. Right. Like, what are you known for and how are you using your your social media right. to um, to build, to help or to hinder right. your reputation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, social media is an interesting thing today. It's a powerful tool, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it's going to impact you one way or the other. I, I've heard it said many times. It's like if you don't have that presence, it's like you don't exist. Right? Uh, maybe not in reality, but you know the reality is social media is here to stay. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are on there, and if you want to get the word out, you've got to be on there. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, got to use it big time. And so if people tuning in again. Um, to purposefully build that reputation out right. and to think about how you can um, use your social media to help people. And that's what all I'm doing is trying to help people. Right. Like, period. You know, right. if you asked one, what, what's the one word help, right. you know, um, but I want that to be a part of what I'm known for. Sure. And so how can I post content that helps people? Sure. And um, and then, as you said, people take notice and it, and it could be a great um, launching pad for other opportunities. So let's let's segue to talk about um, as a church leader. Right. One of your core responsibilities is leading volunteer leaders. So what principles can you share have been the most helpful to you in leading leaders? Right. Oh, man. So in the church setting, all of the leadership, most of our leadership in our churches is, like you said, it's all volunteer based people. They're giving you their time. Mm-hmm. They're giving you their efforts. In some ways, their 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 lives. You know, they're they're all their free time. You know, mm-hmm. not all of it, but they're giving you the free time. Mm-hmm. And so, I think the first thing is just not making it know that you're not going to take that for granted. Yes, that they are important. Their efforts, their ideas are important. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that for for me, as far as you know, lay leaders helping encourage them and, and to grow, is I would never ask them to do something mm-hmm. that I'm not doing myself. Yes, from evangelism mm-hmm. to commitment to giving mm-hmm. to their own personal volunteerism. Yes, you know, getting involved in the community. Everything that I ask of them, I'm going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And that does a couple of things. It 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 you know, it, it sort of eliminates the illusion that I'm over them mm-hmm. and it creates more of a partnership that we're yes. doing this together. So right. in that partnership, it strengthens trust mm-hmm. and a volunteer, you know, someone who's going to voluntarily give me their time and their, their commitment. Only thing, the only kind of real power and authority I have in the church is trust. Yes. So if they don't trust me, it's hard to lead a group that doesn't trust you. Mm. And if they don't know you, it's hard for them to trust you. Yes. So being involved with with them, mm-hmm. with our common goals and activities, modeling that, um, assisting them, that that's that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And and then including them into the decision making process mm. for the direction of the groups that they lead mm-hmm. and the direction of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's once if somebody's going to give a lot of their time and energy to build up the church yes. and their own communities around them, and I go in and I make decisions without consulting them. Oh, I can imagine that makes them mm-hmm. feel belittled, not considered. Why sure. am I doing this? Mm-hmm. What am I doing this for? So I pull these people in 
because they're important to me. They're mm -hmm. a vital part of the process. Mm -hmm. And I ask them, what do they think? Mm -hmm. Now, ultimately, may, you know, we may choose to, we, we may not right. agree, right, but right. just the fact that I always want to know what they think and I don't mm -hmm. make a decision without consulting them and wanting their feedback, um, mm -hmm. it makes them know that they are, in fact, a, a leader, mm -hmm. whether they're paid or not, and that they're, I, I respect them. And so out of that respect, it builds mm -hmm. a two-way bridge yes. of trust, of partnership, and... Um, yeah, and so those are those are the two things that I've been learning a lot, and I try to put into practice. Mm -hmm. I, I tell you, when I hear um, the principle of getting their input and their buy-in, and what that does for someone, it it changes from hey, this is Rob's church, what Rob wants to do, and what Rob is you know do, right. trying to. No, no, this is our church, right? Or this is my church, right? You know, this exactly. is this is this is my group. I have ownership here. And true, and in truth, scripturally, it is our church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not the leader's church. It's not even my church, right? Right. It is our church, and so I really want everyone to feel like that. This is this is our church, and so mm -hmm. because it's ours and it's yours too, mm -hmm. I need to know what you think, you right? Know? So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I I love the principle of. Um, of showing appreciation, um, building partnership, establishing trust. I think uh, again, again, as people are tuning in and they're thinking about um, expanding their leadership, you know, repertoire and growing right. in that skill. Um, those are core areas. You can't, you can't get around. Um, people sometimes think leadership and oh, there's somebody's bossing people around. Trying, right. You know, exactly. And especially, and that, that, hey, that does happen. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. It creates some off dynamics mm -hmm. because people are appealing to the authority. Uh, versus the relationship. Right. Real relationships that last are not built off of authority and fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is important. Yes. Especially in because at some point people are going to say if that if that's kind of how it is and there's a fear that's motivating them instead of partnership, appreciation, love and respect. Mm -hmm. Right. It will be over overnight. That's right. You know, and, right. and people will leave that, you know, People are in abusive relationships all the time. It's real. And they'll wake up and leave. Mm -hmm. You know, once they get the curves and they realize what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned I've learned this over the years. And so mm -hmm. the one thing that's uh, most important for me to consider is that everyone feels respected mm -hmm. and heard. And we don't have to agree. And I still will respect somebody even if I don't we don't agree. Right. And I'll go out of my way to make sure that they still feel respected. That's right. Absolutely. Man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I like how you said love too, because love, I think about using the relationship and using love. Um, I don't know if there's a more powerful motivator than love in and of itself. So right. fear lasts for a little while right. as a motivator, you know. True. But And it's powerful. It is powerful. But as the main way that I use motivation right. is not it's not fear. But right. if somebody could get motivated on love, right. I mean the things that people, even the crazy things people do for love. Absolutely. Um, you go, I mean, you guys, you guys moving as you've moved, even moving from um, where you where you guys were in Maryland. Right. To here. When I hear you describing it, I hear love. Right. I go, this guy loves influence, love in, loves helping the community, loves building great things. And I want to build something great in Akron. Right. Um, and so lo love is helped you to you know will uproot your life and move you from place to place absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. and uh, i mean that's what drives us to want to continue to help people want to get to know god how good he is mm -hmm. you know yes. if it wasn't for um the man just the compelling 
love that they, that God has shown us, like we wouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. what we're doing. we wouldn't have the mm-hmm. motivation, the understanding, right? Um, because He taught us what that is mm-hmm. and the full extent of it. You were able to imitate that, right? And lead from that point of view, not out of fear, but out of love and faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much greater and, yes. and powerful than leading from a place where people feel threatened, bullied, or, or, or in fear. And, and there is those organizations, but again. How long will it last? Right. Is it really built on the rock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Marriages don't seem to really last like that. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine any other sort of arrangement or relationship growing right. um, built on that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, hey, just on a personal note, um, you know, if it was if it was me, I, I would want people to love and respect me that if, if I feel that from someone else, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm not only all ears, but you're going to get some of my time mm-hmm. and attention. Yes. And if there's devotion there, then I'll give you mm-hmm. devotion back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I felt that from you, right. I feel like, um, you know, even when my wife and I, we were boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, we were looking around at couples, Hey, who, who do we admire? Who do we respect? Um, who, um, whose influence do we want over our relationship? You know, right. we want our relationship to be set up for success. We mm-hmm. want to grow. We want to do great things in the community. Right. But um, we looked around and we were like, you know, we looked at you and, um, and your wife, Shanika, and went, um, this is the kind of couple that we want involved. We want them to influence us and help us. You know, we respected you guys, you know, love you guys. And, um, and, but I felt that in return. I felt like there's so much love that you guys have shared um, for us. You know, you've, um, respected us tremendously and, and we're like hey we're just trying to learn from you guys but right. there's so much respect you sh- you showed in the process um it's made it a beautiful relationship so i'm right. grateful for that yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm. most of that came from my wife i just want to be clear about that. <laughs> <laughs> she is awesome i have to say yes yes, yes. No, but we love you guys too uh-huh. absolutely uh-huh. it's been it's it's been uh quite an incredible partnership that's been mm. built over the last few years and so look forward right. to seeing what up come on know, the way God uh, uses it in the future. That's right. That's right. I'm pumped. Well, well, let's bring it in for a landing. But before we do, I want to bring it back to baseball. Yep. Okay. So you said um, you were, so you did high school baseball, baseball, college baseball. And are you still connected with the, the baseball community now? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I, I do wish I could still play, but, you know, being on the brink of 40, uh, the, the way, <laughs> and, and with and with two boys. Uh-huh. Um, I stay connected to baseball, uh, teaching it to them. So, okay. the, so they heard that their dad played baseball back in the day mm-hmm. and they both on their own accord said, yeah, we want to play baseball. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's baseball or anything else, if my kids say they're going to do something, I you know, say, okay, it's a commitment. Once you sign up, you're going to finish the whole season. That's right. So I, I've stayed connected, uh, to baseball and, and feel compelled to want to give back mm-hmm. to it um through my boys so mm-hmm. i i signed them both up we we just spent a few months doing the whole practicing at home together going nice. to the park mm-hmm. so it's creating this this these bonding experiences mm-hmm. and memories that i had with my father with, yes. with my boys so there's a special bond there mm-hmm. but in addition to that going back to even just c- influencing the community mm-hmm. um i said yes to coaching both of their teams Uh-oh. at the same time two different teams wow. that was crazy i won't do that again but <laughs> i said yes to coaching both uh-huh. of them and man what a wonderful experience because mm-hmm. here again where this is something that the community is excited yes. about they're they're involved in and it's still one of the few outlets in our society 
little league sports, youth sports, where people are looking for bonds they're Mm -hmm. looking for connection they're looking for mentoring they're looking for Mm -hmm. encouragement they're looking for a team Mm -hmm. to be a part of Mm -hmm. and so uh man i can't think of a better community that i want to build up and make better Mm -hmm. um you know other than the church community right is this one is very Mm -hmm. special to me so Mm -hmm. uh yes it's a lot of time i gotta say a lot of time Mm -hmm. and late nights getting back late dinners but i I love it i love giving back to the community by Mm -hmm. coaching yes uh, other kids and getting to know the parents through that process Mm. um so I'll continue to be involved in mm-hmm, that as mm-hmm. long as they'll let me say sure. yes. Right? Hey. One day it's not going to be cool to be dad and coach. <laughs> I understand this. But, well, but I mean, I, I think I look at your life and I'm going, okay, so he leads the church, power lifter, uh, coaching two teams, right? Um, thriving marriage. You know, you take care of your household. It's a very serious responsibility you take care of and you do great at. Um, is there anything that you, you, you don't do? Oh, lots of things, lots of things. <laughs> Ask my wife sometimes. There's a lot of things I don't do. Um, I try cooking. Uh-huh. It, it's it's here. It's hit or miss. Okay, it's I got it. Miss. I got it. Uh, I don't do a lot of song leading. Hey, me neither, bro. Hey, I'll, just, I'll give you a pound on it's that just one. Just not me, there. Me. Uh, you got to know where your talents lie. Every so. time they ask me to do it, you know, show uh, you know, people say somebody says thank you for trying, right? Indicating it's not a gift. That's they right. Appreciate the effort, the attempt. Do not appreciate the talent. That's so. right. My boys love basketball. They want me to coach them in basketball. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that because I, I don't have the skill to pass on to you. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I, I certainly know my limitations. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Well, listen, um, thanks for joining. Yep. Um, whenever you want to invite me back to speak, you let me know. Absolutely. And we'll podcast again. We'll talk about, we're talking about sports and we're talking about marriage. I think, um, you know, um, it's been heavy on my mind. Just want to be able to help marriages uh, around us. But um, you've got some great content and ideas hey, about that. I'm excited. Too. I'm pumped. But um, thanks for joining the show again. If you're tuning in, I'm here with Rob Cochran. We're in Akron, Ohio. Yep. This is the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. And if you're tuning in, be sure to like it, comment, share it, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Have a great one. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Thank you.